most births here in China are very medicalized. I have just had so many different people say, I really just believed I was gonna walk into the hospital and breathe the baby out. My body was made to grow a baby and birth a baby. It just really kind of sets you up for unrealistic expectations. My heart breaks for these people. Hi, I'm Jacqueline Carmen, and I'm a certified breastfeeding counselor. And I'm Ruth Green, an international birth doula. And this is the Having a Baby in China podcast. Reminder, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. The views expressed here are the personal opinions of individuals and do not necessarily reflect any official stance or recommendation by having a baby in China. Hey, Jacqueline. Hey, Ruth. How are you doing tonight? Doing good. How about you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Okay. Did you think of a funny anecdote to share today? Yeah. So a little story I'll share. When I got pregnant with my third, I wasn't exactly sure when I got pregnant. I had a range, but I wasn't like really clear. And so I went to the doctor about 12 weeks. I wasn't, you know, again, I was guessing. And so for this pregnancy, I decided to go to this Korean clinic to do my prenatal checkups. And this doctor was hilarious. He would just kind of like tell it to you straight and like, and kind of lay out the worst case scenario. And I I don't know, we would talk about it like the other moms and, and me. So I had a warning of like, he could just be very blunt and be like this worst case scenario thing. And you're like, what? And he's like, but it's okay. You know, like that won't happen or something like that. Yeah, whatever. So anyways. I went to this doctor and I'm like, so I don't know exactly when I got pregnant. Can you help me figure out? So he's like, yeah, we're going to do an ultrasound to give like a due date. So in the ultrasound, we're looking at the baby and he's doing measurements. And so he's measuring the head and he's like, oh, okay, the baby is measuring and he gave a date and said like this many weeks and so this would make the due date this but that is not correct and so then he he then measured the body and said oh the body is measuring so many weeks and so that makes the due date this but that is not correct and then he went on to the leg and measured the leg and was like oh, the leg is measuring such and such so many days and this makes this the due date. And so he was like, but that is not correct. So after like 15 minutes or of all this, I was like, so um, when is my due date? It's just like, (laughs) well, it's not this day. It's not. So we'll just say it's March 31st. I'm like, okay. Great. (laughs) Do you think he was like trying to average them out or something? I think so. He was like taking this day and that day and being like, okay, this day in the middle. (laughs) So, yeah. Which, you know, when you're pregnant and having, I always tried to not keep like an exact date in my, in mind anyways, because I knew the likelihood of a baby, my baby being born on that day was so rare. So I, I kind of laugh at it looking back because 
like, oh, when, <laughs> when he was born, I was like, oh, he was actually born on a due date because he had given me so many days. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he was born on his due date. <laughs> it gave him like triple the chance of being <laughs> born on his due date. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, I thought that it was time to be controversial. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What do you got for us today? Okay. Here, here's my controversial statement. And that is, I'm, I'm really, I haven't told you actually no, what we're going to talk I, about tonight. I don't, so I'm really I don't curious know. what your response will be. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my controversial statement is stop reading anime. Oh, really? Yeah. Have you read Ina May's books? I did. I read her childbirth book. And then it's been on my list to read her breastfeeding, but I never got around to it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm going to back up and I'm going to clarify a little bit because she honestly has done some amazing work and really incredible. I mean, like the stories that come out of the farm are really incredible and inspiring and really cool. I also read her book on childbirth for my first doula certification. And mm. uh, yeah, it's really it's really fascinating stuff. And the statistics that she comes out with when she's comparing, you know, the births that she has witnessed or helped with or whatever on the farm compared to the hospital setting or just even state averages and stuff are like really, really similar. So that's kind of cool. But the reason that I say stop reading Ina May, and by the way, if anybody is curious who I'm talking about, it's Ina May Gaskin. And she is a lady in, is it Kentucky? I think it's Tennessee. Tennessee. Okay. And that area of the United States and a major proponent for like all natural childbirth and very supported childbirth. You're going to let me guess why you think Yes, you can guess. You okay. Guess. So you say you're saying this and I'm trying to think, you know, here in China, why like maybe I wouldn't want someone to read that book or say like um is that when I read the book and I was having my baby in China, the information was awesome, but there was so much that I was like this would never fly. I could never be like here in China be yep. like I I'm going to demand this or I'm going to refuse this test or I'm going to, you know, <laughs> all the yeah, all these things. So that would be my guess is that it reality of being overseas in China and being able to have the birth that she would um, encourage someone to get is not very likely. Yeah. Uh, actually, that's pretty much spot on, especially just the setting up realistic expectations. I have just had so many different people say over and over again, like, oh, you know, I read Ina May's book and I just thought it was so inspiring. And I really just believed I was going to walk into the hospital and breathe the baby out. And it was just going to be this amazing, magical experience. And then, you know, they walk into a Chinese public hospital and needles are stuck into them you know, and they're restricted to the bed and their their partner is separated from them. He's not, you know, often the husband or partner is not allowed to be in the same room. I think we talked about this in a previous recording, at least for like the laboring section. And, you know, you don't know anybody like you don't know the nurses, you don't know the people supporting you. And it's kind of just like the extreme opposite end of what would occur on the farm. And so it just really kind of sets you up for unrealistic expectations. And so my heart breaks for these people. Yeah, you've got like these 
they're like the two most extreme examples where you've got the farm where like absolutely no intervention and let the body like, you know, do its thing uh, where and then you've got this extremely medicalized birth, which also can be, you know, good. Yes. And but they're just the very, very extremes. Yes, they are very extreme. And uh, so I absolutely believe that you know, natural childbirth can happen in China. You've had several, I've had several, but it's, it's a very different experience. And you, I mean, there's a lot of what she talks about, of, you know, fighting for what you want and, you know, making sure that you are surrounded by a loved one, you know, whenever possible, those things are so, so important and can be achieved within China, but not in every situation. And so, yeah, that's kind of just... One of my pet peeves. Oh, another huge thing is there's not really great options for in-person childbirth preparation classes here. You know, if you live in Shanghai or Beijing, I think a couple other cities, there are like Qingdao. (laughs) Yes, like Qingdao. (laughs) But even in my city, like I could give one on one classes or, you know, to a small group, but none of the hospitals provide classes in English. And so, you know, if somebody doesn't know me, that's not really a normal expectation that you would be able to find good childbirth preparation classes in English. So and if you don't speak English, then, you know, man, I mean, you're you're, you're slim to none chances of that. And so anyways, back when I had my first, there were no options for childbirth classes. And, you know, a friend from America so sweetly mailed me a copy all the way from the United States of Bradley's. Um, husband coach childbirth and it really is a great book it's very similar to Ina May's about like as long as you just relax and deep breathe and you know then then labor should be intense but not painful and actually I want to go into that in just a minute as well but (laughs) I went into this labor thinking okay as long and I practice breathing techniques and I practice relaxing and I you know I did all these different things trying to prepare myself mentally and then I went into that labor and first off, I don't remember swearing in the labor, but I came pretty close to cussing out Bradley's name. Like I was so angry at him. I was like, this guy is just totally off the mark because I don't know how anybody could describe this as anything but painful. And then second off was that I felt bad about myself. I actually like for years or maybe not for years, but definitely for a long time felt like, oh, if I had only been able to relax more, like, in other words, I felt almost like I brought on the pain onto myself because I couldn't relax enough, you know, like, oh, if I could only do better at this, then I would be able to just breathe this baby out and I would be able to avoid all of this pain. And so um, this is why I think that having a doula is just so important, especially in a foreign country, because you know, you're not going to have the same options that you would in your home country. I think we mentioned in a previous recording, like home birth is just not an option here in China for the vast, vast, vast majority of people. And, you know, most likely you're not going to have a lot of English around you or if you don't speak English, your native tongue. And so, yeah, it's just a very different situation than if you were giving birth on the farm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I would say for myself reading the books, I felt like it was very empowering and gave me like 
freedom and confidence to know like, Mm. okay, my body knows like what to do. Like my body was made to grow a baby and birth a baby. And so then like reading those books gave me confidence in knowing like, okay, like this isn't a, a medical crisis. This is, I go and see the doctor and we work as partners together to make sure that, you know, things are going well, looking for red flags. But overall, like this is natural. This is like my body's doing yeah. what it's supposed to be doing. And then in labor, like one of the biggest takeaways I took from Bradley's book was that it was a marathon and that yes, this was a long thing that I'm preparing for and like taking it one step at a time, one contraction at a time. So I think there are benefits to reading the book and, you know, gaining those perspectives. But I think you're right in saying that where we are to be able to set our expectations to, you know, know that the most births here in China are very medicalized. So it's just, yeah setting expectations. And I think for myself, even with each pregnancy, and then I, I learned more and more, not only through the pregnancies, but then reading these books, then I could kind of, I wasn't just relying on every time going to the doctor and whatever the doctor said, I'm like, okay, okay, yes, yes, yes. But being like, oh, I can come in knowing and being like, oh, well, how about this? And kind of pushing back a little bit and or asking more questions or saying, you know, is that really necessary? Do I really have to do that? And yeah, deciding whether or not it was worth me pushing and fighting against or for whatever it was that I wanted at that time, or whether it was just, okay, fine, I'll just, it's fine. Like what you're wanting to do, I'll go along with it. Yeah, I agree with you on all of that. And I think you know that I'm a little bit teasing. Like they definitely are really good books. I just want people to know, like read more than just one book, (laughs) if at all possible. A lot of books get handed around. I think we should do another podcast on like our favorite books to read. But I would say my favorite off the top is um, always The Birth Partner. So really, I feel like pretty well balanced where it's kind of goes through all the different stages and breastfeeding and all of that and specifically on how a partner can support someone in labor. And so that's been the most powerful book that I have personally read. So I feel like it applies to many different situations. And I agree with you that they are really inspiring books. And it is really important to know that, you know, our bodies were made to do this. I think that going back to the as long as you relax enough, you know, there shouldn't be pain. What I've realized over the years is that that might be true for some people in a perfect situation. And I don't even just mean like a perfect birth situation. I mean that your body is in a perfect situation. And a lot of us aren't. We might have old injuries that we don't even know about or maybe we do know about. Or, you know, like I said, like the birth location might not be the most supportive or there might be some emotional things if you have any sort of trauma in your past, a lot of that can come up in childbirth. And so there's so many different factors that come into it that affect how we birth and our birth experiences. Yeah. I think for myself, gleaning off of my personal experience, there was 
at one of my births, there was some like personal conflict that I was facing that I think played into the birth and the pain that I, you know, those, those waves that I was experiencing. I felt them much stronger than I had in previous births. Yeah, I had one birth that I attended that there was some trauma in the past, specific to like a hospital. And it was the strangest thing because you read all of these different things. And then when you see them in person, you're just like, whoa, but we would be doing, you know, her water broke first, and then she didn't have contractions. And so we were doing things to try and get contractions started. And she would have consistent contractions every like four to five minutes. And we felt like we were really making progress. And then the doctor who was the sweetest lady you've ever met, but she would come into the room and be like, okay, well, let me see where you're at and everything. And you know it, as long as she was in the room, the contractions would stop. And it was just so interesting because we all loved her. It wasn't anything about her specifically, but I really believe there was some sort of trauma that was kind of triggered every time you know, somebody that came in in scrubs, you know, kind of triggered in her body. So it is, yeah, important to kind of be aware of those things and all of the different things that could be affecting your birth. So, and your breastfeeding experience too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Breastfeeding has a huge tie to emotions. I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but we have a course called Having a Baby in China, the course. And in it, one of the episodes is an interview that I do with the birth partner to talk about how he can support or other dads could support the birthing person. And in this case, his name was Justin. And he was talking about with his wife that they started noticing a pattern of the more stressed she was and the more worried she was, the more trouble she would have with mastitis and the more she could relax and kind of just remind herself that she was doing it, you know, and that she was nursing her baby, that her body was made to do this, then they found a lot of these problems really lessened up. So it is amazing the connection between body and mind and all of those things. Yeah. Do you have anything you want to add before we close for today? Uh, No. Do you have any favorite books that you always suggest people read? No, I don't actually. <laughs> Back to like when I was pregnant with my first, I wanted to have some education and I didn't have anything. There was someone in our community knew someone that did childbirth class. So I actually traveled to the next city over to go to their house and had like a one day crash course. Mm-hmm. But yeah, honestly, those are the only two books that I've read is The Husband Coached. Is that what it's called? And uh, Anime's Childbirth. <laughs> That's funny that like the two books you've read are the ones that I'm like, and these are the ones you should not read. <laughs> really, do read them. They're really amazing and inspiring books. Just know that there's a lot more and that not all of that can be applied to your particular situation, giving birth in China. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for uh, chatting with me tonight. Yeah. Thanks for coming up with the topic. (laughs) All right. Your turn next week. (laughs) All right. All right. Talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.